I want to thank you for joining me for this week's episode of God Talk. I, uh, I've had a lot of different topics go through my mind in terms of uh, stuff that I wanted to talk about this week. It's also been just a crazy busy week, so um, I was thinking about maybe even skipping it all together, but um, I had a little time this morning, so I'm going back and forth between the topics of integrity or disobedience. Because both of them have been on my mind um, a lot lately. Uh, disobedience because of uh, what I've been teaching in my adult Bible class on Wednesday evenings. And today is Wednesday for me. And, uh, and I'll be talking about it again this evening. And uh, integrity because there's just a total lack of it in today's society. So I can't decide uh, if this was a call-in show. I'd have you decide. But I have a quarter right here in my hand. And I'm sitting in my office as I record this. So I'm going to just flip this quarter. And if it lands on heads, I'm going to go on an integrity rant. And if it's on tails, I will go on a disobedience rant. So here we go. The official coin toss. And it is tails. So we are going to talk this podcast about disobedience. Now, it's been really interesting with... um. Uh, this class I've been teaching on Wednesday, it's the Bible in eight weeks. And, and I wasn't really sure how, I, I mean, I knew how I was going to break it down, but I wasn't really sure how it would go uh, when I started this class. But it, it's it's gone well. Um, uh, the numbers have stayed up. We're having some really good discussions. And my, my hope for it and what I've wanted people to see is just the big picture of the Bible. Because, you know what, we come and we hear a different sermon every Sunday, and it's great. It's inspirational or it's convicting or whatever. But but it doesn't really help us to understand how the whole story of the Bible goes together uh, because we preach and teach the Bible very fragmentedly. Uh, but the Bible wasn't written for those purposes. It's a bunch of individual stories that really show God's plan of salvation. But as God is doing his plan of salvation, mankind is always working against the plan of salvation. That's pretty much how the Bible can be summarized. Oh, there's a gazillion stories in it, and there's a lot of words of wisdom and, and things that uh, obviously we should be talking about. But in the end, it's God's plan of, re- of redemption and man doing everything that he can to, uh, to somehow interfere with that plan of redemption through uh, disobedience. And so disobedience is a, it's a mainstay of human existence. Uh, we see it from the very time in which God creates Adam and Eve. He tells them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what does man do? Man disobeys and they eat of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Then uh, God you know, kind of works through that. He gives us promise of the plan of salvation, uh, probably desires and hopes that man will uh, improve his um, uh, decisions that he's making, but that's not at all how it goes. In fact, man continues to be more and more disobedient, even to the point that God was ready. You know, he's grieved that he had even made mankind. So God is ready to wipe out mankind. You know, it, it, it was a big mistake. It didn't turn out the way that God had intended it to. Um, man, you know, is just miserably always fighting God and, and, and siding with that, which is against him and evil. And why would his creation do that? Well, He's about to wipe out humanity, uh, but instead uh, there's a guy who caught his eye, and his, uh, certainly God's desire is always for mercy and compassion, so he didn't want to destroy humanity and start over. Uh, so he chooses this man by the name of Noah and his family and uh, wipes everyone else out. And uh, so now you have a rebirth of humanity. You have a Messiah figure that has uh, the possibility of redeeming humanity. Um, but, uh, you know, what happens after they get off the boat? Well, 
uh, dad gets really drunk. He's laying there naked and one of his sons is like kind of making fun of him. And so you, know, you just got off the boat after a year long, you know, what but punishment of God upon the earth. And, you know, the, this, disobe- <coughs> this disobedience and this wickedness is beginning all over again. And it, it continues. Uh, God, in spite of the disobedience, calls a people unto himself through Abraham and his son Isaac and Jacob. And even in all that, we're still seeing this theme of disobedience uh, creeping in. Uh, the Israel goes into uh, captivity uh, in Egypt and becomes slaves in Egypt. And even as God leads them out after he delivers them, after he does so much for them, what do we find as they enter into the promised land? We find disobedience. Uh, man's just grumbling. They're afraid to take possession of the promised land that God uh, had wanted them to take possession of. So God has to teach them obedience. And so they have to wander for 40 years. All the parents, all the older people, all the decision-making people have to die in the desert so that God can make his point that he desires obedience, not sacrifice. He desires obedience. Um, he wants people to follow him. Uh, and uh, and the next generation figures that out. They, with great faith, enter the promised land and destroy uh, most of their enemies, uh, but not all of them. And that leads to the time of the judges. And what do we see in the time of the judges? Disobedience of Israel, followed by God sending a deliverer to Israel, followed by Israel's victory, followed by disobedience of Israel. Repeat the story over and over and over and over again. So throughout the period of the judges, once again, mankind is bent on disobedience. Israel's disobeying. Um, they want a king now. Uh, the judges and the fragmented system that they had as they entered the promised land wasn't working out real well for them. So the people demanded on a king. God would have preferred not to, but he gives the people what they want uh, because he uh, He doesn't control us. Uh, that's the beauty of, of God. That's the beauty of free will. That's the beauty of relationships and relationships. We don't control people. Um, Kings come. Uh, The first one, uh, very disobedient. God not happy with. The second one, kind of disobedient too, but God seems to like him. Uh, His son starts out obedient, becomes disobedient, and then you have the uh, Israel dividing in two. Uh, The northern tribes never are obedient to God. The southern tribes go in and out of obedience, and God ultimately uh, ships the the north out to captivity, uh, allows foreigners to conquer them, and a hundred and some years later, same thing happens in the south because of disobedience. God eventually allows them to repopulate the land. Jerusalem has uh, a settlement again. They rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. In fact, even the temple gets rebuilt. And then God sends his son into this world. And what do we find when God sends his son into the world? We find disobedience. Uh, The people reject Jesus. The Jews reject Jesus. And uh, ultimately, he is put to death. Um, And then we get into the New Testament era, and we see that disobedience is still there. You got the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Um, you, you've got even the, the, the followers of Jesus not um, following the Great Commission and taking the message to the ends of the earth. So God has to send um, the destruction of Jerusalem. He sends persecution on the Christians. Why? So that they would follow him in obedience and scatter and take the message of Christ to the ends of the earth. Um, 
you know, the, the church became increasingly disobedient uh, in, in the uh, days following the New Testament era. And uh, we see the culmination of that wickedness with the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages and all the people who tried to reform it, uh, Martin Luther being the first successful one to reform it. Thus, you have the Protestants that are protesting against uh, the the abuse of the Catholic Church and, and the false doctrines that came in. Um, once again, uh, disobedience. And so... What I need everyone to see and to understand is mankind uh, just has a propensity to be disobedient. Um, There's small periods of time where we see obedience to God. Um, You can remember after September 11th, there was maybe a six-month window in which uh, people were obedient to God, Uh, but primarily it's disobedience. I'm going to talk about this a little bit in in the sermon this Sunday, that God will actually use punishment. He'll use things like uh, disease. He'll use things like uh, natural disasters and famine, you know, things like that, uh, to try to bring people back, to bring people to repentance, to cause people to turn to him. That's such an unpopular thing. Um, I I remember Pat Robertson, you know, back in 1980 or whatever, uh, suggesting, uh, you know, HIV or different things as a punishment from God uh, for the immorality of mankind. And the world erupted at how insensitive and terrible that is. Well, God forbids sexual immorality when he forbids homosexuality. And there's a disease that is primarily transmitted that way. Why is that so controversial? Why is it so controversial that, you know, that God could uh, be behind September 11th to try to turn this country to repentance? I mean, seriously, it's all throughout the Bible. Now I'm going to be given some um, some passages uh, this Sunday. So uh, if God loves us, he tries to turn our disobedience into obedience. Uh, But so there's these small periods of time in which he gets our attention and we become obedient again. But someone pointed this out in Bible class, uh, men's Bible class yesterday, and I appreciated it. So many times it's not even that there's periods of time in which people become obedient, but what you have is men of God who are obedient and, and the people that follow them thus are obedient. So in Israel's history, you have kings that become obedient and in their obedience, uh, the people follow them in obedience. And then when the disobedient, uh, disobedient kings come, then the people follow them in their disobedience, which leads us to the whole point of this podcast is, are you walking in obedience or are you walking in disobedience. Uh, If this concept is true, that, you know, the people that we lead uh, will follow the lead of the leader in either obedience to God or disobedience to God, how incredibly important is it for you um, in your family or even in your work or in your circles of influence to lead as a godly man or woman of God and to walk in obedience um, in the hopes and the desires that, uh, you know, your children, uh, other family members, uh, co-workers, whoever, people you love and care about, friends, that they would uh, imitate that obedience and be obedient themselves. I had a really uh, kind of a disappointing week um, here in ministry. Um, There's just a lot of uh, different things going on. Um, uh, A person moving that's been very just uh, instrumental to our ministry for many years. Totally happy for them, but uh, they'll be missed. Um, Have some other people that have become kind of irregular in coming. And had this one guy that uh, uh, was fairly, um, uh, he was was involved in in a significant way here. That's the best way 
putting it, um, that uh, I, it turns out that he said that uh, they're going to be going to another church uh, because they're trying to look for something that is a little bit better uh, for, um, uh, for, for their children. And I mean, I listen, I respect that. If you can find a place that's better for your family or that you think will, you know, teach you better or, or give you better, uh, draw you closer to God, then by all means go and do it. I don't claim to be perfect. I do the best that I can. The people on my staff, uh, you know, do the best that they can. I try to hold everyone to, you know, making sure everyone's doing the best that they can, knowing that we're not perfect and other places are going to be able to meet different needs and so forth. So after this meeting was over, um, in which I found out that uh, he was going to be leaving and walking away from his volunteer position here, um, I said, well, you know, when when you decide on a place, listen, tell me why you chose it um, and... um, and uh, and what makes it so good uh, and so much better than our church in terms of its children's ministry? Because I, listen, I always want to improve. I don't have time to go around to the different places on Sunday morning. I I, I just I, I can't do it. So I'm sure there's some great stuff out there. When you find it, let me know. And then he shared with me, um, uh, you know, the one place that they're visiting. And I go, why in the world are you visiting there? Because I know for a fact that that church doesn't. Um, really give truth and, and speak God's word in, in a really real and balanced way. And uh, and the person said, uh, well, actually, they, they've got a rock climbing wall. And he's like, I, I don't really know how much they teach the kids or what they teach the kids, if it's for five minutes or 10 minutes. I just know that my kids want to go there because there's a rock climbing wall. The silence there was intentional. I mean, what do I say? This is someone who's been a member here for a number of years and, and ought to know better. Part of me wanted to say, wait, wait, wait. You realize like you're saying you don't care what your kids learn because you think it's good enough for them to want to go to church because there's rock climbing. Well, how do you think this is going to work out when your kids get 16, 17, 18, 19 years old? I'm telling you, it's not going to work out. Why? Because frankly, that's disobedience to God. That somehow you would compare like a rock wall to whether or not your kids are actually learning anything in Sunday school and what they are learning. But this is the propensity of mankind is that we're, we're just stinking disobedient. And for some reason, we don't have a problem with it. I don't know why, like, I can see it and, and see the huge problem with it. And, and I know others can. But why are we so blinded to our disobedience? I had a... Um, I had a meeting with a bunch of pastors yesterday. I have to tell you, yesterday was literally a 15-hour day. Um, I literally had uh, six, like, I think six meetings, at least five counseling sessions. Um, And so I was in meetings or counseling sessions probably about uh, eight or nine of those 15 hours, maybe even more, maybe more like 10 hours. It it was a long day of, of, of dealing with stuff. And even with all the counseling that I did, uh, the really kind of the, the low point of my day yesterday was the meeting with the other pastors. In, in general, like the food was great. Um, some of the conversation was great. But um, by nature, uh, well, the, the person that was supposed to present didn't have anything to present. And I just didn't have time to prepare anything. So um, I, I just, you know, from teaching my Bible class and just just wrestling with God's word. There's always things that are kind of on my mind that, you know, we we try to put God in certain boxes and, and God 
wasn't meant to be put in a box and our theologies are inadequate for understanding who God is. And I'm not saying that I've got it all figured out, but I at least know enough to reject uh, these artificial boxes that we put them in and which he doesn't fit. And he clearly doesn't when you read the scripture. Um, I'm not saying in every area, but I'm just saying that that it, it doesn't fit as neatly as like we, we try to make it. So I, I like to make people think with passages that seem to uh, contradict uh, just certain uh, teachings and understandings that we might otherwise have. And so I brought some of these into this group of pastors, which I knew uh, was going to uh, make it a little lively. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's this one guy who... Uh, um, you know, and, and, and he's just kind of finishing schooling up on being a pastor that, you know, got really aggressive and, and started like yelling and taking me to task on something that we don't even have a difference on. You know, I talked about following God and he's starting to lecture me on, we can't follow God by our own, whatever it's this. Listen, shut up. I know that like no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. But if I can't talk about following God, that we, I can't even have an intelligent conversation with you. If you don't know where my heart is and, 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 and what, I mean, are you a friggin' moron? I mean, stop it. And so I yelled back and pushed back. I'm not arguing theology with you. I'm trying to talk to you about these points. He's like, that, that, that is theology. And this is the other. We don't have a difference on that, dude. Just realize that you can say you can follow God. And even if that means that you're not actively rejecting his Holy Spirit, well, good for you. Then you're following him by God's help. And that's what the Bible says. And we all as Christians know that that, that it's through God's help that we, we remain faithful to him. So that's not a point we have to argue on. Um, and so it just it brought back memories of, of, of seminary days. And, and it's just this this disobedience that we have to God and, and to the church and to each other. I mean, we're just so antagonistic of each other. And, um, you know, we didn't even get into the Well, we did get into the topics, but that wasn't nearly as contentious as just he didn't like the choice of words that I said when I said following God. Um, but. But even man in, in its disobedience, we like try to make God into being things that God isn't. We try to put him in a box as, you know, that, that he's not. And like, I, I've got a few of the pastors that are sitting there calling me out saying, you know, well, you know, the small catechism says this and, and this is, a, I'll give a flying rat's butt. Uh, ultimately, if the Bible says this, then we need to address why the Bible says this. And if it doesn't fit perfectly with, 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 with the boxes of our church's doctrines and, and teachings and so forth, rather than just dismissing the Bible because uh, it doesn't fit in those, hey, how about we try to understand the Bible in light of, you know, the doctrines and teachings we have? There's a thought. And like, even in that, someone's like pulling James out of context, reading a passage from James. They don't care about other passages and nor would they ever do that. Like with the Jeremiah, I know the plans for you, you know, pastors hate when you, you know, conservative pastors hate when you yank that out of passage and out of the context of scripture and try to make that apply to everything. But 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 yet they'll do that when they're arguing their point and it's disingenuous. It's um, to bring it to integrity. The other thing that I want to, there's a lack of integrity in it. And ultimately it's disobedience to God and who his word is. So anyways, that was just my day yesterday. But disobedience comes in, that was a major mini rant, but disobedience comes in in a variety of different forms. But I want to encourage you in this, going back to the guy that, you know, is going to a different church because of the rock wall. Uh, as you lead your family, as, as uh, you lead employees at your work, as you operate in this broken, fallen world as a man of God, 
um, understand that uh, mankind's tendency is always going to be to lean to disobedience. But where there is an obedient leader, um, oftentimes obedience follows from the people uh, that are are following them. Um, As you uh, seek to try to figure out um, where your family is going to live, what schools your kids are going to attend, what jobs you're going to take, how long you're going to work, when you might move, whatever, you get the point. Every aspect of your life, submit to God, humble yourself to God, be obedient to God, to his word, to the moving of his Holy Spirit, to the signs that he might be giving you. Listen, you might misunderstand things at times, but if you're doing it out of intent of being obedient, God's going to work through that. And he's still going to, he, he promises to work all things and bless all things for those who, uh, who are obedient to him. And that's even when you misunderstand him, right? So just in obedience, submit and surrender to him and, uh, and follow him because, um, humanity just, uh, from the time of Adam and Eve, knows how to rebel against God. And the ultimate price of disobedience to God is eternal separation from him. But thanks be to God because of Christ Jesus. Um, God desires obedience, not sacrifice. Uh, For those who bend a knee uh, to God and his son, Jesus Christ, uh, there's the hope and the certainty of eternal life. Um, Nothing is more important than obedience. Walk in it and uh, show others how to walk in it as well. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week.